2: TDM Fantasy The TDM Fantasy, Fantasy Podcast with your hosts Paige DeMacos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians.
1: Welcome into the TDM Fantasy Podcast. Paige DeMacos, Jake Arians, and Jamie Eisner, coming off of a Monday night football where the Vegas Raiders got their first win inside the Death Star. Uh that thing looks beautiful on television. I, every time that they showed the Bellagio and the Vegas strip and the, I just kept going, Oh, I can't wait until we're allowed to be inside the stadium. And also a shout out to Mark Davis, who man of the people, I thought this was a cool note uh, during the game that he hasn't, he hasn't missed a Raiders game since like he was eight years old but he is not going to the games because he says he doesn't want to be there when the fans can't be there. And whether or not that's a line or not, I think that's cool. Because he's, I've met Mark Davis. He's one of the more peculiar in the in the best way people that exist on planet Earth. And I have seen him take time for anybody I mean I've seen the man stop and talk to people and that just doesn't really happen when you're a billionaire who owns a football team uh so I thought that was kind of a cool little anecdote coming off of of tonight's game but excited to eventually be in there so Jake I want to talk with you first because the Saints were a team that coming off of that first week uh, a lot of conversation around the Saints and a lot of a lot of mocking or talking about how the Buccaneers didn't look as good, right? So these are the two teams we're, we're going to pay attention to a lot. Saints don't look that hot. They lose this football game and they lose pretty handedly. Um, a last second score, they go down and drive while the Raiders are in prevent defense. But if this was the Raiders took care of business in this one. And, and the Saints didn't look very good. What did you see in this game?
0: You don't see the Saints get in the mouth very often and not have an answer for it. They got out physical. The, the, John Gruden has built a hell of a franchise here in a couple of years of turning around from the oldest roster in the league to one of the youngest, but they're big, they're physical. Dude, Brian Edwards, that kid's going to be a stud. He didn't do a whole lot tonight, but that is a big, pretty son of a bitch. That is Des Bryant out there, 6'3", 2'12", big catch radius. Uh, he's impressive. You throw the speed of Rugs on the other side with the shiftiness of Renfro – with Jacobs, with an offensive line that they spent $52 million of their salary cap on, and three of them didn't play tonight. Derek Carr looks like a new person. I said it last week after does. the game. The ball is coming out of his arm live. He's dropping his angles. He's throwing over the top. He's throwing sidearm. He's throwing three quarters. He has a confidence I haven't seen him play with in a while, and it looks phenomenal. Their defense is banged up. Loved Abram. We, we talked about that. I talked about last year when he got hurt, talked about it. When he was hurt all oh, last year, how much I liked him. That kid flies all over the place. He's a difference-making tone setter on that defense. Um, when the the Bucs lost last week, they beat themselves. I came out of that game pissed off because they lost, but pissed off because they beat themselves. Turnovers, yeah. penalties. The Saints had a bunch of penalties. They had 116 last week because they had four pass interferences. Had a bunch again tonight. Undisciplined. I mean, look, that Saints defense is pretty solid. They're okay offensively when Michael Thomas is back. Okay. But they are limited with Drew Brees at quarterback. One of the yeah. greatest of all time. He's in the conversation, but he's done. I, I, I mean, I it, all they have is a dump off or they take a shot to cook. Emmanuel Sanders does nothing. I thought he could fit in. Traquan Smith was okay. Uh, I love their low return, dude. He needs to be a part of their their stuff moving forward because that's another guy you can – Maybe dink, because all they had is a dunk, I said, in the pregame show. There was not a lot going on there. Look, the Raiders beat them up. They beat them yeah. up. They ran it. They play action off of it. Everybody's talking smack. The announcer, that they take shots down the field. It was a perfect game plan. And Darren Waller is an absolute star. And going back to the Bucs, dude, get off my freaking Twitter about how much they need to use tight ends from watching this game. The Bucs got some good ones. They don't have Darren Waller. That dude is different from every other tight end in the NFL. He's Travis Kelsey's receiving ability, but faster and stronger. There's not a tight end in the NFL that runs like him. None. So yeah, no. we need to use our tight ends more. The offense is evolving. But don't tell me we need to use them like that because nobody can do that. Uh, they look, the Raiders are good. They got Murderers Row coming up, by the way. They got the you Patriots. Just enjoyed victory Bill, Monday.
1: Bucks fans. That's right. Yeah, hey,
0: Just enjoy like, victory. Seriously, the Raiders got Murderers Row, but that was a big win, man. Two and oh. Open the Death Star where teams come to die, as Gruden said. I don't give a damn that it blows up in the Star Wars. I don't give a damn about Star Wars. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I was, it was a fun game to watch. The Raiders are they're building something solid if Derek Carr keeps playing like that. That dude was impressive.
1: Yeah, this is, this is an interesting team for a lot of reasons, but I think the, the Jonathan Abrams stuff, he looked like a missile. They just kept calling him a missile on the broadcast, but there isn't really a better way to describe
0: 22 him. 22 miles an hour. Yeah, it's he stupid. this game playing safety.
1: It's dumb. He's, and he's he brings fast. it. The
0: man, the man is on a mission to kill you when he's running 22 miles an hour. I love their draft picks. Gruden and Mayock have done a hell of a job the last couple of drafts, getting guys that they want. Uh, they were the better team. I mean, I'd like to sit here and say, you know, something happened. They just outplayed them. They beat them up and they outplayed them. Period.
1: No, they they outplayed them and they outphysicalled them the whole game. There was some excellent blocking that was happening. I was drooling over watching that offensive line on the Rashard touchdown because it was Patchwork. a clinic. Patchwork
0: offensive line. Trent Brown didn't yes. play. Cognito goes out. The backup right tackle doesn't play. Awesome, awesome job by that offensive line. I mean, that's Tom Cable's really good. He's done a hell of a job with that offensive line. I mean, you got to give him credit. But those guys, that is not easy in the NFL. A backup tackle, all right, we got to give him help. We got to chip. And Waller's not the greatest blocker in the world. They, just, they went out there and just handled their business against a really good defensive line.
1: Jamie, one of the bigger fantasy questions coming into this game was what is going to happen without Michael Thomas, right? You're looking around and you're going to try and figure out who's going to play a part here. Who's going to step up? Who's going to be the beneficiary? Unfortunately for Emmanuel Sanders owners, it is not Emmanuel Sanders. Three targets, zero receptions, a big old fat goose egg for you in fantasy football That has to be concerning because if you watch this game, he's not involved. And I just don't don't know that that's going to change. You saw Traquan Smith play a part, but not a huge part, definitely not a Michael Thomas part. You really just saw Alvin Kamara. That's what you saw. You saw saw Alvin Kamara a ton, and and you didn't see much else besides that. So are you concerned with – Emmanuel Sanders and, and what's going to happen here? Because there's a lot of people that were banking on somebody else kind of rising to the top with Michael Thomas out.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm very disappointed because we, we've been very complimentary of Emmanuel Sanders and his skill set for a number of years on the show. And I was surprised that he was – I mean – it's one thing to have a bad game. It's another thing just to be a complete non-factor. Uh, and that's what he was here. He wasn't targeted very often. Uh, I think the final box score gave him an 18-yard catch, which I must have missed. But regardless, you're not happy with that performance. Um, you know, it, it's It was just, that
0: last drive, the first drive. Oh, that last
2: drive. Again. Oh, that's right. The game was already over down 10 after yeah. Carlson's kick. But oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I thought this was going to be the big Alvin Kamara game. We talked about that when we did a brief preview Um, on our show yesterday that Kamara being the dump-off, Kamara running the ball well was all going to be what you wanted to see here and what they were going to rely on. But I don't know. Like I'm very just unpleased with what we saw from the New Orleans offense in this game. And I agree with Jake. I I like that Deontay Harris kid. I thought he could be somebody that steps up. He had three catches in this game as well, only for 23 yards. But this Saints offense looks – yeah, he he's, is. he's the
0: ball in his hands, man. He's yeah.
2: gonna be a he's gonna be somebody to watch. I, I think going forward, this team's problems are not just because Michael Thomas is not there. And I think that's the just to pull out an old phrase. It's, that's the unfortunate truth of the matter here. This is back to back weeks of Breeze not looking very good. Um, this is a beatable defense. They fly around, but they're very inexperienced in the secondary. This is a defense that Drew Brees, even on the road two years ago, carves up. And this is where Cook's getting seven catches, Kamara's getting the same nine catches, Emmanuel Sanders getting a bunch, and they could not keep up. And they bottled up Josh Jacobs early in the game, and they couldn't even build a big enough lead to sustain it. Uh, I think that's the discouraging part as well, because they had this game right where they wanted it early, and they just could not push down the field offensively. And that's not something we've seen the Saints do in recent years.
1: Guys, I want to talk to you. I was gonna say Jake looks like he wants to say something more about the Saints Raiders game, so I'm gonna let him go. Go ahead. Uh,
0: I mean, I, I just sit here remembering they're up. What they're up? 14 mm-hmm. nothing, 17 seven. 17 seven
2: with like Josh Jacobs averaging like 2.3 yards a carry.
0: Look, I guys, mean, I, I mean,
2: there was a point in the first half where you go, man. Like, I mean, I, I mean, people are tweeting about because people are idiots, but people are tweeting about Marcus Mariota in the first half of this game. But, you know, there, there was a phrase that when I used to cover the the Arizona Coyotes, there was a head coach named Dave Tippett, and the phrase he would use a lot of the time was, you need that goal to push the game along. And in football, sometimes you need that touchdown to push the game along. You're up. You're not up a lot, but you're up a couple scores. You're feeling good about yourself. You need that next one to really be that good team and to win those games. And the Saints never had that next gear. They never were able to push the game along And the Raiders slowly but surely started to come back, and New Orleans had no answer.
0: I love that they came out with a concerted effort to run the ball, even when it wasn't working they did, because it opened stuff up later on. They had no answer for Waller whatsoever. Uh, I mean, Ruggs didn't do much. Edwards didn't do much. Renfro didn't do much, but they all did their part here and there. And then Jacobs kind of got going late. By the way, he's becoming a dynamic player in the passing game. I'm going to give Gruden a ton of credit for the end of the game. We can't talk about this without bringing this up. You're up seven. You can punt. Baldy. And he says, Baldy. hell no. I'm going to send my kicker out there, but I'm going to make the decision late. I'm going to call timeout and leave him out there and kick a 54-yarder. If you miss, you're giving Drew Brees the ball at the 44-yard line with tons of time. Not only did he put he give him the credit for putting him out there, Carlson pipes a 54-yarder to seal the deal. I love that Gruden did that. I was like – yeah, I mean, this is ballsy. I'm not sure I'd do it. I love that he did it, and and that was an awesome kick. I mean, I, we talked about Harrison Bucker yesterday 58. That was another big-time 54-yarder from another young stud kicker. I mean, that was impressive.
1: Pink knows behind the scenes, big brass balls. That's exactly – it's the same thing. If you're going to give Gruden credit, you got to give Daniel Carlson credit because, man, Absolutely. oh, man, that's a big boy kick at the end of the game there to put it away ice the shit out of that game it was I'm watching this and I'm going man this is the call this is a really this is you really got to be sure here because you're gonna give Drew Brees the ball back and if they go back and score you're gonna go man that was a bad decision but I liked it and you saw him hit it pregame so I think they had a little confidence in him and he didn't even sweat so good on you Daniel Carlson I, uh, we all uh, thought Chicago the Raiders were a year away
0: it. but and I still don't know that they're there, but 2-0, and that's a big win. Now, I mentioned a little while ago, they got Murderer's Row. They got at New England. They got Buffalo. They got Kansas City. They got a bye week. Then they got the Bucks. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, That'll bring we'll, you back to reality real we'll, quick.
0: We'll, we'll know after the next four, but they just beat the Saints. Like, that's legit.
1: I think they're. I think they're going to be a good team. They're just not going to be a great team. I think that's how I thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year, and that's kind of where I think they'll it end just up. Just doesn't and, make a
0: lot of sense. That secondary is young. You got two receivers that are rookies. Renfro's in his second year. Offensive line was banged up, and they they whooped the Saints. Like they they yeah. That was impressive.
1: I don't know. I think. Uh, Credit to Derek Carr because that dude's been through a lot. I I hope for him to be able to see him play at the level he was playing at before the back injury, before he started to take a lot of criticism. He looks better than that to me. He sure he does. He looks better I, than he I, did
0: before the back injury. The ball, he his arm looks alive. Maybe because yeah. he was on the other side of Drew Brees and it looked like it was floating, but he was flat slinging it. And he yeah, still didn't
2: have re- the same weapons. Like we, we've, right, I did a, a way too much Derek Carr analysis this offseason, and. We thought when you, you know, you'd have a healthy Tyrell Williams and you bring in Ruggs and you bring in all these guys, well, Ruggs has still been banged up. Williams is out for the year. Like he still doesn't have the, the Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree type combo that he had pre-back injury where he was becoming a very successful quarterback, but he's still making it work so far. Uh, I know everybody, for whatever reason, wants to give that job to literally everybody else on the planet but Carr, but he's done just fine, and I think he's going to be just fine. Is he going to be a top five quarterback in the league? No. But can he be a top twenty? Absolutely, he is a top twenty. But He'd how many people, do, if, if you asked on the street, how many people would say that? I think the public perception is he's a bottom five to that six. Might star. be my article
0: this week. I think he's a top twelve quarterback,
2: and right now be top. He might be I, top
0: eight. Deshaun Watson it. or Derek Carr, two thousand twenty. Not even close. Not, don't even shake
1: your head. Uh, You're Nothing to think about. The, it's not in even the close. Team that they're in, yes. Okay, things, I'm talking about the play things? that they
0: had. Take all the other 10 dudes off the field. The play that the quarterbacks have made in two weeks. In two, Derek yes. Carr so, oh, so far in two games. 2020. 2020. Yes. Yes. I would still, yes. if
2: I were the Raiders, I'd trade Derek Carr for Deshaun Watson. I'm not Watson, saying Derek. who would you start your <laughs> franchise with. I'm saying who's playing okay. better oh, okay. right now Oh, Okay, Raid, okay that's quarterbacks.
0: Totally, okay. Derek Carr is way ahead of, of Deshaun Watson.
1: Totally agree. Totally okay, yes. agree. I, there's two different discussions happening here. I was going, okay, all things even. Are we talking? Because that's not – I'm not saying no, we're, we're but, ranking
2: them right now. Oh, they're two weeks. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, no,
1: Deshaun Watson has looked lost for the first two games of the season so far. It has not been very pretty. All right, waiver wire pickups. Guys, you need to be targeting. Guys, you uh, honestly, quite frankly, better get in there. Uh, how much you should spend in your FAB budget, getting into all of that discussion – Number one on Sleeper, number one on Fantasy Pros, Mike Davis with the Christian McCaffrey news, four to six weeks. Now, Christian McCaffrey did say, hey, I'm going to do my very best to get back out there earlier than that. You cannot bank on that, but as far as people and work ethic goes, he's going to bust his ass to be out there. you ever you seen anybody why.
0: answer a question like that about an injury and you get fired up?
1: I'm yeah. like, I'm a Christian
0: McCaffrey owner, and I was like, all right, I'll take a month. I was just fired up the way you answered the question. Like that was yeah. that's a challenge. Okay. I'll take it as a challenge to rehab better than anybody's ever rehabbed to get back faster than whatever and be a hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Awesome. He's he's that dude. He is he is that dude. But Mike Davis in the interim, um, there's a couple of of running backs here. Mike Davis, Dean Lewis. Uh, Jarek McKinnon and Devonta Freeman up at the top. Those four very, very interesting on sleeper, uh, Jake, who of that list, uh, are you most excited about grabbing? And are there anybody that you wouldn't grab of that list?
0: So it's, there's a two, two tier answer here right now, McKinnon, right. but when Raheem Mostert gets back hundred percent, and I think they're going to give him the ability to do that in a week or so then I think McKinnon's that secondary piece and Tevin Coleman gets phased out. But right now, for a week or two, McKinnon's the top of that list, followed by Deion Lewis. I don't think they're going to use Mike Davis anywhere near the way they use Christian McCaffrey. Teddy Bridgewater's throwing it pretty well. Robbie Anderson's come on. Moore's playing well. Curtis Samuel, like, they got some weapons. I think they're fine with throwing it all over the place. They're going to run it to Mike Davis, but he's not going to play the role that Christian McCaffrey did. So if you think you're going to get that kind of production, and Christian McCaffrey hasn't been great if you take away the touchdowns yet, he's been okay. He's been Christian McCaffrey. He gets you 20-something points. I don't think Mike Davis is doing that. Uh, So of those guys, I'm going to go with Deion Lewis as the long-term play, uh, just for everything we're hearing from everybody in New York, that he's going to be the guy. He's going to be 80% of the snaps. Even if they sign Devontae Freeman, it's going to take probably three weeks before it matters. So I think you're still getting a month out of it. You can reevaluate then.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. So if you're looking for short-term, if you're looking for next week, I think Jerick McKinnon is a top player that you want, like Jake said. He's going to have a bigger role. He looks healthy. He's got that pass-catching role. And As we saw briefly a couple of years ago when Garoppolo got hurt, if he indeed does not play in this game, Kyle Shannon's not going to change his offense much. Like, he's going to let Nick Mullen sling it, and they're going to operate at a high capacity, and they have a very good matchup against the Giants coming up this week as well. Uh, I also like... Uh, Dion Lewis, as well as a l- little bit of a longer term play. He's going to get more. He's the experienced pass catcher. The Giants are going to be down in a lot of games. He's going to be on the field a lot. Um, you know, I picked up Freeman on Sunday because he doesn't have a team. So he didn't, he wasn't eligible for waivers. So I just picked him up and, and wait to see what happens, but it's going to be a multi-week process with him. You know, Mike Davis is worth an ad. I just don't think he's worth blowing half your fat budget, which I think you're going to find. I'm curious to see in our league how much money he goes for, because I think you're going to see a lot of leagues him going for 35, 40, 45% of the fat budget. And I just, he's going to, he's going to be, he's, he has a few decent matchups coming up in a row. Uh, and I understand that's what people are excited about. But I think this is going to be more of a timeshare. And sometimes the guy that gets a lot of work immediately after an injury isn't the guy that gets the same amount of work after a week's practice. And we saw that happen with the Giants last year with Saquon. Um, and we, we could see that happen again this year. And that's actually what the Christian McCaffrey comments reminded me of. Remember when Saquon Barkley had the ankle injury, was supposed to be out four to six weeks, and he goes, uh-uh. And then he was missed only two games. So that's yeah. <laughs> optimistic, obviously, but we have seen this happen before. So uh, there's at least a little bit of good news for, for Christian McCaffrey owners.
1: Uh, Wide receivers, guys, a couple of uh, the guys I wanted to talk to you guys about. Mike Williams, Michael Pittman Jr. Pittman Jr. obviously coming with the Paris Campbell news, um, trying to figure out what's going to happen there and who's going to be picked up. Uh, Mike Williams is a little for looking forward and thinking that Justin Herbert might become the starting quarterback. And you saw some chemistry between him and Mike Williams. He went to Mike Williams a couple of times for bombs that Mike Williams did not catch. Um, and I think people are just excited about the potential tandem there. If that does indeed happen, are you interested in either of those guys, Jamie, I'll let you take this one first. Um,
2: yeah, a little bit, but depends on how much, like I, I don't, I, I didn't put either one of those guys in my waiver wire column this week. Um, I like Michael Pittman. I've talked about him since the draft process. I think people are looking at his snap counts and are misunderstanding what he's being used to do. He's, be, he's in on a lot of running plays because he's an excellent run blocker. Him and Zach Pascal, there's a reason why they outsnap T.Y. Hilton. It's because of their pass blocking – or, excuse me, run blocking prowess. I like him, but I still want to see more from this Colts offense before I invest in a second receiver because the first receiver is still not producing dividends in T.Y. Hilton. Mike Williams – I think it's worth an ad at the end of your bench, but I, I mean, I saw just as much chemistry with Tyrod Taylor in Week One as I saw with Justin Herbert in Week Two. Um, you know, he's going to be a guy that he's going to have some weeks where he has two catches for 14 yards. He's going to have some weeks with four for 87 and a touchdown, and that's kind of what he is. If you had him last year, you kind of know that. Uh, to me, I still—if they're still out there, which uh, available in 80% of leagues—Russell Gage will continue to beat that drum um lavisca Chenault, 87 percent of leagues and if let's say you're set if you're looking at mike williams and you're saying you i'm set i have really good players but i got an open spot on my bench for whatever reason i'm 2-0 but i want a longer term play chase claypool's available in 83 percent of leagues like i would rather have all of those guys before i go out and get Pittman or, or mike Williams.
0: target share for sure look mike williams is a freak the first round pick for a reason you can't ever stay healthy something's always going on. He'll, he'll bounce up for 140 and two touchdowns, and then will disappear for a month. Unless you know which week that's coming in, I don't know how you touch that. Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be a really good player. I think they learned their lesson in week one. I think Jonathan Taylor is getting the rock 20-plus times a game moving forward. Uh, I agree with Jamie and all the rest of them. Chenault, I really like because he's getting carries. I mean that he's going to get four or five carries a game. He's basically their backup running back at this point, plus the targets. Uh, I like those guys. I, I agree with Jamie on that. I, I don't think I touched the first two though.
1: Okay, moving on. Uh, new feature to the podcast: we're going to do rankings, risers, and fallers each week. So this will be a early look at what is going to be released to you guys from both Jake and Jamie. So those rankings you will always find on the DraftNetwork.com. We are one of the first sites to have our rankings up so it gives you a little bit of an advantage so you can start to start to look around if you're potentially looking at trades or waiver wire items or really getting down and dirty with your your lineup early on uh kudos to the guys for getting that done early so let's start off with the quarterback position and i'll let you go first jamie who is rising let's start with the positives first who is rising for the quarterback
2: um i just should. Catch anybody by surprise, but Gardner Minshew was rising. The uh, I, love the way, I love the way he's playing. He's a he's my QB eleven for this coming week for that Thursday night game against the Dolphins. Uh, I'm I've been very impressed with what I saw. I think if you look at the Colts' performance this week against Kirk Cousins, it makes Minshew's performance in Week One even better than it already was with that 95 percent completion percentage and three touchdowns. Uh, I think as more pieces of the offense really start to grasp what Jay Gruden wants them to do their upside's even more. When Chenault really hits full speed, when Chris Thompson gets used more, he's still been used sparingly. We saw what James Robinson started to look like. As those pieces on that offense start to click and the defense makes them throw the ball a lot, because they're going to, uh, he's going to continue to put up points. Like He's going to be in that QB1 conversation, depending on the matchup, probably from here on out. So he's a big riser for me. And he is the QB1 this week. And I have him starting over some pretty big name players. You can check it out at thedraftnetwork.com.
1: Jake, who do you have rising in, the quarterback position?
2: Couldn't agree more with the men's stash. I absolutely love that.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with Tannehill. I was just a little bit of a sit and wait. I really wanted to grab, I grabbed him late last year. I know you did two page and I I almost grabbed him already. I'm going to try to get the stash because I'm going to try to drop Daniel Jones in our TDN fantasy league. I'm tell everybody right now what's going on. I've already put the the claims in. So we'll see Uh, if I don't, I'd love to get Tannehill either way. I, Jamie had big questions if he could be as efficient as he was last year. And even if he's 8% off the efficiency he was last year, he's damn good. He did it without Brown. Jonu Smith's become a thing. Corey Davis has actually become a little bit of a thing. And teams are going to load the box like four nets out there with the Jaguars against Derrick Henry. Now, we know that. They've done that. They're going to play action off of that. Tannehill's been damn good. Really good first two weeks. Uh, He is definitely one of my risers.
1: Good matchup this week,
0: too.
2: QB9 for me against the Vikings.
1: Yeah, good matchup against a Vikings defense that can't stop anybody. So just start the quarterbacks against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Falling. Who is falling in your list? Who are are the fallers for the quarterback position? Jake, you're shaking your head, so I'm going to you first. Who is falling on your quarterback list?
0: Carson Wentz.
2: Oh, brother. He doesn't do it this week, man. At home against Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. I I, yeah, I
0: I left it. I left him in my rankings, but he dropped and I'm going to leave him in one of my games, but it ain't happening again after this week. I, I mean, if he doesn't light it up this week against the Bengals, he's got fundamental flaws. He's trying too hard. I've talked about that. They're not helping him with coaching. The offensive line's still bad. I hate it. I hate the, the receiving core. I almost like the one he had better last year than none of them were even receivers at the end of the year. Uh, then what do they have right now? They got like four dudes to play the same position. I, He's dropping and there's, there's no way around it.
1: All right. That, that I knew that that was coming. And that's why I went to you first. Cause I could, t- I could see the pain in your eyes it's as painful. you had to he's, say. He's struggling. It's, it is painful. It's painful to watch. There's no help for Carson Wentz. The thing about that is though, on a side note, it's painful for Carson, but it's joyful as a sports fan because Philadelphia is the worst. And watching their fans and their media lose their ever-loving minds about this is so freaking enjoyable. So that's the petty moment of the podcast—is me enjoying watching Philadelphia burn. So Carson, I hope you get to go somewhere else, brother. Uh, I just don't want you to have a lot of success in Philadelphia. Jamie, who's go fallen? And- I know, Jamie. Who you, Who's who's fallen on your
2: list? So uh, these posted before the game, and my QB nineteen all the way down there was Drew Brees. For the week I was so about cool. to say I got
0: another one, but I had a feeling There's, Jamie was going there.
2: And this was before tonight. Yeah. Like uh, I had some concerns coming out of week one. Um, I wanted to say you know partly I want to go with. I know the collective is not as high on Tampa Bay's defense as their actual talent level is, so I want to be okay. That might not be. That's not a great matchup for Drew Brees. But I had some concerns. Uh, I have a whole bunch of concerns now, um, and I feel like I should probably even drop him further for Week Three. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. Like he looks done. Like sure, he could have. He'll have some big games here and there where Michael Thomas comes back, where he spikes, or Alvin Kamara takes one eighty yards to the house on dump off. But uh, he. This looks like the last year of Drew Brees' career. Like it looks like all right. This is the swan song. You know, you had a good run. But uh, this team is not
0: – all-time great run, but your head coach's face even says
2: – Yeah, it's, this is it's done. done. It's done. Um, and this team is going to – it just says, look, this team is going to make the playoffs. They're going to – I don't know if they're going to make much noise at this point, but they're going to make the playoffs. But – uh, I'm. We're going to look back on this this run of one. It's an amazing run for Drew Brees, considering everything that goes back to to getting basically shipped out of of San Diego when losing the the Philip Rivers battle and gets gets his shoulder hurt and all that other stuff. But I don't see this team as I, right now with the way he's playing. I'm not sure the Saints are a Super Bowl contender, and that's not something I would have thought three weeks ago. I'll be perfectly honest with you.
1: Yeah, I would really like to not see what happened on Twitter today, which was, uh, Jameis Winston started trending about halfway through the second quarter. I knew it was gonna happen. I knew it was gonna be there. People
0: must not pay attention to scouting reports and the guy that plays yeah. a lot and that's Taysom Hill.
1: Yeah, the that's guy they paid a lot of money 11 to. Eleven million
0: they paid very dollars. Very little money to.
2: Just it's so Taysom Hill.
0: If they may, if they move on or Drew gets hurt, it ain't Jameis.
2: They'd have to redo the offense for for Jameis. Whether they should or not it's a different story, but they'd have to. They, that the, the offense they run now is does not complement what James, Jameis Winston, does well at all.
1: No, uh, so I think we need to tone it down over there because I did get a question today about whether or not we should prepare for Jameis Winston in fantasy. So we will not be uh, answering that question because someone's blood pressure will rise very high. Uh, running back position falling, uh, falling second, rising first. Jake. Who is rising for you at the running back position?
0: Leonard Fournette. Mm. Leonard Fournette is rising. It's still going to be a split. Rojo is going to start. Their defense is playing lights out. They got a pretty couple – they're not going to run it great against the Chargers, but I think they're going to be up in the second one. It's a very favorable matchup this week against a banged-up Denver team. I think they're going to be up on it. I think he's got big second halves. The other one's Jonathan Taylor you want to see where i have jonathan taylor this week in my rankings? go check that out of the draft network.com. that one might surprise you because uh there's high risers and then there's taking it to the top
1: you officially well done on the team there brother i you just you're really becoming an official media member that was fantastic jamie who is rising for you
2: i'll give you two names one riser and one just ones that i can prove right now one just a gut feeling uh, okay. the proof right now it's, it's David Montgomery. He looks extremely effective with the touches that he has. Uh, he's playing very well right now. If you just watch, whether you're looking at a box score or watching every second of the game, there's not a lot of holes to poke in his game right now. Um, I'm expecting some more increased usage. He has, he gets to face an Atlanta defense that can't stop anything right now. Uh, I'm really excited. He's, he's moved in my top 20 for this coming week. I'm really Woo! excited. I think there's a lot of movement in the fantasy community. We all know about the talent. The usage was always questionable. If you remember from our shows from the middle of last season, where we're, we're trying to figure out what the hell Matt Nagy is trying to do. Uh, he's the guy, and now he's being used a little bit more in the passing game, which is that other element that really can boost your fantasy value. Uh, I'm, I would be really excited. He was somebody that I thought was going to be that Lamar Miller of old, high floor, low ceiling type guy. He looks like so far through two weeks, he's going to be more than that.
1: David Montgomery, please. And thank you. And Matt Nagy, please don't screw this up for me. Okay. So Atlanta Falcons don't get cute. They can't stop anybody. Please just run the damn football, please. And thank you. Who's the, who's the the other person. Yeah. The who's the gut feeling call your shot here, Jane.
2: I think this is the Deandre Swift breakout week. I uh, love Ten it, touches, I love, I love it. That. Really good. I put him in my top twenty for this week. I'm starting him, FYI, in our in our TDN Premium League this week. I think this is the week. I think this is the week we start to see that full shift to DeAndre Swift being the the lead back there uh, in
0: Detroit. I, I, I have him like in my rankings, probably not as high as you do, but I definitely have him in there. And he wasn't in there last week. It's getting there. This is a very favorable matchup. I like that one.
1: Who's falling, Jake? Who is falling for you in the running back position? I got a few.
0: Oh. Benny, Benny Snell, I thought was going to yeah. get a real oh. workload, fumbles. And James Conner got out of the tub and got back on the field, had a damn good game. Naheem Hines had a phenomenal week one and completely disappeared. Completely disappeared. I did I, Anybody got an explanation for one catch for four yards after he looked that good in week one? Had like eight carries. I, nothing. Disappeared. Jonathan Taylor got 20. He's, he's in on third down all of a sudden. He's in their shotgun. I think he's taken over the load already, and they're just like, let's ride the horse. Screw it. We yeah. got this phenomenal young dude. Let's Let's run with it.
1: Yeah, uh, very disappointed in the Naeem Hines stuff because there was a lot to like in that Week One performance. So that's a definitely a, a disappointment. Anybody else falling for you, Jake?
0: Melvin Gordon this week had a solid yeah, was, week last week. Yeah, yeah, playing the Bucks and they're they're banged up. I think they're going to sling it all over the place with Jeff Driscoll and live or die with the mistakes and sacks that he takes and makes. Uh, so I don't I don't like that when he's falling this week. But I think he'll be yeah. okay moving forward. Yeah. and the other one. It's Todd Gurley. Ooh, I told I you we, he ain't falling. jake so
2: took all my games. I told
0: you before the season, don't touch it with a 10-foot pole. He was my do not touch running back of the year. And we gave you all the – I gave you all the analysis. Why? And could it come to more fruition than this? He's not even on the field, much less getting used. I Don't touch it. He's not falling because he's never been in my rank. He, I, I'm not even – I'm acting like he didn't play.
1: Uh, Jamie, I know you just got, you just got sniped there. Yes. You got sniped there by, by Jake, but that's okay. Uh, not even if you like Todd Gurley, not a good matchup against the Chicago Bears. How could you like Todd Gurley at this point?
0: How can anybody can't. still be on the bus that Todd Gurley's a thing?
2: I think Jake's point on our show yesterday was the, the salient one, which is in that game with the Falcons having a big lead. That's when you ride Todd Gurley to victory and they didn't it wasn't even in the game there was there's, there's no. i don't know there's never going to be a better situation than that and, and so he was falling for me um you know gordon i don't like this week he's outside my top 25 but i still think long term you're going to like him especially yeah, as, yeah. Long as Lindsay's out
1: all right guys moving on to the wide receiver position jamie i'll let you take this one first who is rising for you for wide receivers
2: well, I'm going to go with the guy that is number three this week in my rankings. I went bold here, and I know you're, you're not Ooh. going to like this one, Paige. It's Calvin Ridley. And I know he's playing your Bears. I know you're a little worried, but they're going to sling the ball all over the field. Calvin Ridley is, is getting open on everybody. Everything uh, is getting in the end zone. Looks absolutely phenomenal. Leads the Falcons in targets. Uh, We, as we mentioned on the show yesterday in our recap, treat Calvin Ridley as a true fantasy wide receiver one from this point forward. I don't care where you drafted him. Uh, He is a big riser for me. I have him ranked above Julio Jones. I have him ranked, like I said, third among receivers only behind Adams and Hopkins this week. Uh, I'm, I'm all in on a big matchup here, mostly because the Falcons are going to throw the ball 50 times a game, every single game, because they have no other choice. And they'll still probably. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They uh, that's all right. So go ahead and throw the ball, and uh, Kyle Fuller, Kyle Fuller, and Eddie Jackson can baptize
2: you a few times, Matt Ryan. And I have so one that's more, but I'll let Jake go first because he might have. Okay. One. I, I don't, you don't, snipe okay. Him. You don't I am, want to. Okay. I him. am a magnanimous co-host, and I do not want to snipe my friend and co-host. Oh, that a boy. Oh wow. Okay.
1: Jake. I, I'm
0: still better for Antoine Winfield Jr., my brother. I'm still <laughs> better for you sniping <laughs> that one, especially All after right. last week. Yeah, oh, dude, number two rated safety in the NFL, pro football focus after two weeks. Uh, I got two. One is Julian Edelman that was like this forgotten dude that has serious chemistry with Cam Newton, can still separate, tough as freaking nails, catches everything, and they got nothing else in that offense. They don't have another receiver that can separate at all, and Cam looks like he trusts him. Uh, So he should already be pretty decent in your rankings. I don't care who they're playing. But he's kind of been this forgotten guy that nobody talks about. I know Paige drafted him. Uh, I love that. The other one is CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb is – Michael Gallup's going to have some big number weeks, but CeeDee Lamb is phenomenal after the catch, and him playing the slot is not fair. And their defense sucks. They're going to be a lot like the Falcons, throwing it way more than they want to. And I think Zeke's value is going to be limited, but okay in the passing game because they still use him there. He plays a ton. But CeeDee Lamb looks like a veteran pro already. Catches it so smooth. Catches it at full speed. Great run after the catch. I love his upside. I, I think he's going to be of the Calvin. I think he's going to be a lot like Calvin Ridley last year. Calvin Ridley's the number one. Jamie just made a great point there. Now, but I think a lot like Calvin Ridley was last year. Not hit or miss, but he still was like seven or eight catches, mm-hmm. and then he was hit or miss on the touchdowns. But I, I really like the way he's playing.
1: We completely. <laughs> I was going to say a sneak peek at our Panini uh, Rookie of the Week this week. Uh, CeeDee Lamb will be on that list This as the scouting team looked ahead and saw a lot of great performances by rookies, but he's definitely at the top of that list. Jamie, who's falling for you? For Hang on, moment. who's your
2: other one? Was it CeeDee Lamb? Uh, it Lamb? It's Deontay Johnson. Uh, oh, leading it. the Steelers in oh, targets right now. Chemistry okay. with Big oh, Ben. Uh, I like Lamb as well. Lamb is a wide receiver too for me this week. I have switched him and Gallup's projections. I, I have moved Lamb into the number two. I moved Gallup into what I thought Lamb was going to be because I think that's going to be the pecking order now. I agree. Uh, for fallers, uh, there, there are two names that, that come to mind for me, but one in particular, and that's A.J. Green. Um, I was extremely disheartened by that performance. Um, it wasn't ju- – I mean, I, I guess you could pretend you're excited that he got 13 targets, but he looked bad in that game. And he dropped, uh, drop passes that AJ Green of old never drops. And I, I'm just, I'm starting to wonder if he's lost a step. It's been a while since we've seen him play. He always has this injury history. Now he's not converting on these targets and this is a new quarterback. He doesn't have the same chemistry. He doesn't have the same trust with Joe Burrow as he did with Andy Dalton. If Tyler Boyd and others are going to be more successful then those, that's where the ball is going to go going forward. So I'm, I'd be worried about him. And then for other injury reasons, a faller is for what feels like the nine hundred thousands consecutive season, Will Fuller is already banged up. This is why you don't draft Will Fuller ever, because you just this, just don't. I don't care what his upside is at this point. It's just you're never going to get him enough to trust him.
1: Just don't. And uh, I think this is Hank's favorite stat that he always wants us to it mention, is. so I'm going to mention it again for him. Uh seven games since 2017, A.J. Green, and it is his favorite stat. So I'll, I'll give him a shout-out there. But it is it is important to mention because A.J. Green has not played a lot of football and is living off of a lot of name value and wasn't a great performance. Um, so I'd agree with that one, Jamie. Jay, who do you have falling wide receivers? Got a couple.
0: They're going to shock you a little bit.
1: Oh, boy. Adam go.
0: Thielen, for where he got drafted and where we all had him – yeah, he ain't putting that up. He's easy to double, and people are doubling that. Jefferson's not a thing yet. Tyreek Hill to Ooh. be a consensus top five for damn near everybody is not anywhere close to that right now. He got a bad matchup this week. They got to figure out ways to get him open. He's not a true receiver where he just does everything. Now, he can bust for 200 at any moment, so I'm not really going to put him in my falling list, but he fell outside my top 10 or top five. And Thielen. I don't like it all. The other one is not a faller, but it's something to keep an eye on. Is Jamie's boy, golden boy, Cooper Cup. Phenomenal player. Got paid. They're just spreading the ball out too damn much. They are. He's almost more of a decoy than anything. He's not the top 20, I don't think, in catches or yards in the NFL right now. Not falling. I love him. You got to play him. But the production is not there.
1: Okay. I like those. Uh Jamie doesn't like that one, but that's uh that's definitely something they are using him in a different way. We were so used to that connection between him and Jared Goff, and now there's as we said, we were waiting to see what the Golden Boy did. And this offseason, Sean McVay went and and really put a lot of work in, and you can tell it's it's definitely come to fruition these first two weeks. Last one here, guys, tight end position. Who is Rising for you, Jake. I'll let you go first.
0: Uh, Darren Waller's rising from like four, five, six to one, two, two. Three. Yeah. yeah, I like. I, I don't know how you cover. Demario Davis is a beast. He he was all over. It. He just he couldn't hang. Malcolm Jenkins is not a thing. Like no, that, that's that that was the thing. That was that was bad defense. Demario Davis can cover him. Couldn't hang. Uh, he looks absolutely spectacular. Jiseki Hayden Hurst, big weeks. Didn't see either one of those kind of coming, but I'd, I'd have to go with Waller because right now you're putting him up in the Kelsey category with Kittle Hurt and Andrew's having a bad week last week.
1: Jamie, are you buying the Johnu Smith hype? Is that who I, your riser is this week?
2: I am. Uh, he's somebody that was kind of a popular preseason sleeper candidate. We just kind of wanted to see what that offense was going to look like, but yeah, I'm absolutely putting him there. Uh, loved what he did in the red zone this week as another favorable matchup against the Vikings this week. So he, he is a startable tight end one.
1: Okay. That's your, your riser. I saw you, I thought about picking him up and then you snaked me. You went in, and well, you got him. So let me explain why in. I did
2: that because the person I was playing last week has George Kittle and I went to the waiver wire and I went, Hmm, it's Johnny he Smith. Says. And then there's a gap to like OJ Howard and some of these guys. it was like, they're not going to – these are four or five-point tight ends. And then there was John R. Smith. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a bench spot up, which we have very limited bench space in our league. We only have five spots. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm, I'm going to snipe my opponent. And I, I love I did. it. Uh, and it paid off for me, even though I didn't play him because I have Zach Ertz. But just him being on my bench, uh, I avoided like a 20-plus-point performance against me just by doing that.
1: I knew exactly what you were doing, and I appreciated it. It was a very, very 2 and good 0. move there. 2-0. 0 that's exactly right. I got, one, the, I got, I got one other watch. Oh, another riser, okay. 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 watch.
0: I'm not going to rise him right. yet, but I'm watching it. It's Evan Ingram. Sterling Shepard hurt. Saquon's hurt. He becomes a bigger factor in that offense because now he plays receiver. He plays in the slot. He's not this inline blocking thing that they've been trying to do for a couple weeks. I'm not buying it yet, but I'm watching the potential rise. It's like that, a,
2: that, yeah. It's a but, real good point because, I'm, I mean, this week's a tough matchup with San Francisco, but I, he is, everything was always done his best work when everybody else has been hurt, and they just yeah. pepper him with targets. It's always, it just, it is Golden what it is. Tate's been
0: banged up, Shepard's I mean, that's, you're exactly right. And because he move they move him around, he plays receiver like he should, because then he's a matchup nightmare. If He's an inline blocker, he's nothing. No. Uh, my follower page is going to yeah. break my heart to say is Gronk.
2: Yeah, he's has to be. He he
0: was getting too much love anyway. I I didn't really have him that high, but you can't really have him in your top twelve right now. He's not a tight end one. He's not even getting. He's an inline blocking machine. He has Mm -hmm. added tremendous value so far in the run game, and the chemistry. Now he's going to break out. There's going to be a week where he has like five for seventy and two touchdowns. Yeah, the chemistry's not there yet. His mastery of playing a different offense isn't there yet uh he's been asked to block a ton and oj howard seems to have the chemistry with brady that that's kind of the guy you want right now if you're going to pick one of the bucks tight ends that's going to, now he only had like two targets in his last game but he had, a, he had a good week one but yeah it breaks my heart to say gronk already uh gonna to have to earn getting back in that top 12.
1: Yeah, it's just there. There was such unrealistic expectations set for him coming into the season because he's Gronk, right? But he never, ever in New England did they play with that many weapons that they had to spread the ball around, and especially that many weapons just at his position alone, right? And I think you look at that and you just go, it's impossible for him to have that fantasy value he had three four years ago right he was he
0: was one of the seven drops for 125 yards three of which were touchdowns Mm -hmm. tom brady is leading the nfl with the most drop passes seven three touchdowns in this game one of them was a 25 yarder that gronk could have possibly bounced the safety and ran for another 30 hits him right in the hands and he drops like gronk doesn't miss that play and he did so that that was that was a little eye-opening to me too
1: I envision that Tom is having a film session this week because I looked I can't remember who it was. Who was it? What running back dropped the ball? Was that Ronald Jones in the end zone? Tra- oh, it was Sean McCoy.
2: Yeah. And
1: and and Tom's face. They 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 turn the camera and Tom's like this with his arms up in the air and he looked pissed. And, and I'm then going, their,
0: their asshole head coach that all the players hated, they shot they came to him and he was giving him a pat on the back and that hug around the neck making him feel good that prick that he is, uh, that was, that was the two camera angles, right? It was, but I love Tom coming over. He got praised for his leadership after the game. Listen, which in Tom the national Ray's- media was that asshole head coach kissing his quarterback's ass. Cause he called him out in week one.
1: Tom Brady's been the same person forever. He don't like when his receivers don't catch the ball, man. That shit's been the same for a long time. And I guarantee you, nobody's enjoying that film session because he is going to put that on over and over and over again and go, remember this? This ain't happening again. Remember this? This ain't happening again. Good luck. Enjoy that film session. The same thing
0: I said after week one, is he doesn't make the same mistake twice. He expects you not to make the same mistake twice. So let's go practice it a million times so you Hmm. don't. You gotta love that stuff, man. Like that's what Just separates the, him to that next level of leadership and being an expert.
2: Yeah, Just throw it to we'll 14 a, a dozen times
0: this week. It'll be great. I think good look. <laughs> I'm excited. This is the first time they've all been out there healthy this season. Mike yes. wasn't they were near healthy in week one. Christmas this week. And now you can get scooter moving around a little bit more and not being like the two, which he's not. I mean, I'm I'm it will be interesting to see. And then Fournette's yeah. got a little more mastery of what's going on. This is not a Bucks podcast. Let's get off this. But Gronk yeah, has, I'm. Gronk, I'm, I'm Gronk is falling. Well, that's not what Gronk our mention
1: Gronk is says. falling. Yeah. Gronk, Gronk is falling, and I'm excited to talk about all the games later on uh, this week. Jamie, who is falling for you in the tight end position?
2: Austin Hooper. Uh, I've yeah. been very surprised about his lack of usage. Uh, we all know, I think, I think I said the stat a bunch in the offseason about Something like weird, like so more than 20% of Baker Mayfield's career touchdown passes are to tight ends. Like it, it's a very – and we saw Njoku get one in week one before getting hurt. Uh, I, I Considering how much money they spent on him, considering the talent that he displayed later in his time in Atlanta, it took him a little bit to get up and rolling in that offense with Matt Ryan. But once he did the last couple of years, looked really good. I'm surprised Baker Mayfield hasn't leaned on him a bit more through these first couple of weeks. Uh, I'm not like I wouldn't necessarily drop him yet, um, but he's somebody that I'm just like, man, I'm surprised he just doesn't have a bigger role in this offense considering how Stefanski used tight ends last year, considering how much Baker loves to throw to them in the red zone. It seemed like a perfect fit for him to have a top 10 type tight end season, and he's just been a non factor.
1: Yeah, it's uh, that's been a disappointing one for sure. I know a lot of people have been upset, and if that continues, you're going to have to. Going to have to drop him and look elsewhere for other opportunities at the tight end position. All right, guys, wrap things up here with final thoughts. Jake, your final thoughts on today's podcast.
0: Derators.
1: That's it. <laughs> My
0: final thoughts. He yeah. looked good. That was a big one. I win. love it. Big one. I love United it. Football it was a lot of fun.
1: Jamie, final thoughts.
2: Uh, my final thoughts are I'm just kind of – I've been really excited by what we've seen from a product standpoint. I'm saying that again for the second week in a row. The injuries are unbelievably unfortunate. I mean, this, this was a brutal week of injuries, but I think the product overall has been, been really good, and I'm really excited to see because now this is going to kind of be a little bit of a pivot week for some of these teams. We've got, I believe now, 11 0-2 teams heading into week three. History tells us that maybe one of them makes the playoffs, but there are a lot of teams with their backs up against the wall. What is Philadelphia going to do to respond? What does Minnesota do to respond? What does Houston do? These are teams that people expected to be, maybe not all of us, but generally were expected to be playoff teams that they're basically playing an elimination game already in September if they lose these games. Uh, I'm really excited to see how they perform. And then same thing with some of the surprising, more surprising two and out teams like the Chicago bears. Uh, I think that Bears Atlanta game is going to be really fun. Atlanta uh, Atlanta's another one of those zero two teams. Uh, I just if, if there's some really interesting games coming up this week. Uh, and what I I'm thankful for the most, and I'm going to say this even before the Friday podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the eight five split this weekend. We have eight early games, five late games. Thank, thank you. you. I hate the 10-3 split with a passion. I hate the, like, 9-2 split they do late in the season sometimes. I hate it. I love that there's going to be five 4 o'clock start times this week uh, with a lot of really interesting games uh, in that, including Cowboy Seahawks where first defensive stop wins. Uh, I-, I cannot wait.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm with you, James. That's how it should always be uh, as far as for for everybody. It's much more much more easily digestible for all of us that are trying to watch all of the games, right? It's, it's much easier to be able to dial into to to all those games when you have the, the split like that. My final thoughts are I'm jumping off of what Jake said here. There is something special about the NFL being in Vegas. And I know that Raiders fans that are in Oakland are diehard, but the fact if you've been to Vegas, right. And you know what it means to be out there. And there's just, it's kind of like, it's just a little feeling. You have a Vegas swagger when you get out there and, and you're, you're a part of the atmosphere. I cannot wait to be a part of the atmosphere in Vegas with the NFL. It is, it is going to be so fantastic for the NFL to have that market as a part of the NFL now, because it is that stadium looks phenomenal. Uh, the strip with the lights and the stadium together looks phenomenal. I'm just, it is going to be the ultimate destination. And I'm already counting down the days until the 2022, 2022 NFL draft. Go. Okay. I am so happy that we get to do that after I am having to suffer going to Cleveland in 2021. No offense, Cleveland. Uh, okay. Jake, offense, how can every, All the offense, Cleveland. Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media?
0: Jake B. Arians on Twitter. Go
2: Raiders. Uh, Jamie? Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter.
1: Uh, for those of you that don't know, Jake's better half's a Raiders fan. So she's the, he's, he's uh, morally obligated to. Mm-hmm. to Happy to, household
0: to, right now. Yeah, that's yes.
1: all that's that's right. Happy household is right. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to check out the guys' rankings, as we talked about earlier, on the draftnetwork.com and follow the show at TDN Fantasy.